I'm going to be reading out of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'll give you a minute to turn there. That's 2 Corinthians 3. I've got a couple of verses I want to read here, and the King James Version is not the easiest to to read and follow along here, but I'm going to read them, a couple of these verses, so you can see them in the King James, and then I'm going to flip over to a different translation so that we can kind of get a better understanding. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 7. It says, but if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? Jump down to verse 12. Seeing then that we have such hope... We use great plainness of speech, 13, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which was abolished, but their minds were blinded. Now, verse 17, and I'm going to make a little bit more sense of this when I go back through the other translation, but I just want you to see these verses because these are the Um, the passages as we're used to hearing them in King James. So I want you to get the idea of where we're talking about first. Verse 17, it says, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I've heard that verse so many times in my life. Um, But I'll confess to you, I don't know that I knew it was hidden in the context of this passage that, that Paul is writing to in 2 Corinthians here. In verse 18, it says, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Our walk with God is a progressive walk. Our life once we begin to follow the Lord, it's progressive. It's, it's changing in many ways. Um, I think, I don't remember where it was I was speaking last, but I made the statement, if my walk with God today is the same as it was yesterday, then I haven't moved with Him today. It's it's progressive. It's 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 growing and changing, because he is a a, a living God. Yes. Then my life with him should reflect that. I think a lot of times we would just like to pick up and put down our walk with God. 
In other words, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, have a couple of good days, then I will uh, maybe take a couple of days off, ease back a little bit, get into my own routines, and then see if I can pick back up where I left off a couple of days ago, a week ago or so. And in doing so, there is no progression there. It's just a... It's a mediocre, I would say, um, change or walk. I'm reminded of the, the passage when Elijah brought the children of Israel to the mountain to uh, go into the display of if God is God, serve him. If Baal be God, serve him. But in that, in that, that passage, what he tells the people is how long... Halt ye between two opinions. And the way that he says halt, when I, when I heard that and, and saw that in the, in the scripture, it really hit me because to halt, it's to stop and to not move forward, not be able to move. It actually, in a lot of contexts, halt is... Um, a, a, a crippling or a disease, the, the inability to move is someone who is halt or halted. And that's what the prophet said when he was talking to all of Israel. How long are you going to stay in that condition to be halt between the two opinions? These, this group that he was addressing, they weren't fully worshiping Baal they weren't completely devoted and given over to a lifestyle that was just serving him. But at the same time, they weren't fully committed and devoted to serving the true living God. And in such, the prophet says, you are in a state of being halted. You can't move this way and you can't move that way. And how long are you going to be okay with this? That was the judgment of God that day upon that people. I'm not, I'm not going to allow you to continue being this way. So our walk with God is, is it has to be progressive. There has to be elements of change. In my life, that reflect the work that he's doing in me and the places that he's leading me. The places that. So, so this passage, I'm going to go back and read again in verse 7. I've got a different translation. And I like this example that Paul is using because really what he's talking about is change. And he's talking about the glory of God being reflected through change. Very simply put, glory, the term glory means an image, a, a reflection, something that you see, something visible. So he's talking all throughout this, this chapter about God's glory, the spirit of, uh, the, the glory of his spirit and the um, the work of his spirit versus 
the previous glory, the previous system, I think is what this passage calls it. So in verse 7, it says, The law was carved in letters on stone tablets, and God's glory appeared when it was given, even though the brightness on Moses' face was fading. It was so strong that the people of Israel could not keep their eyes fixed on him. So Moses is in the mountain. He's receiving the commandments. The commandments, right? That is the old system. That's the law. And just through the receiving of that law, Moses' face changes. His countenance changes. That is the glory of God reflected on Moses. Verse 8, how much greater is the glory that belongs to the activity of the Spirit? I read verse 12. It says, because we have this hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses who had to put a veil over his face so that the people of Israel would not see the brightness fade and disappear. And in verse 17, now the Lord in this passage is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is present, there is freedom. All of us then. Everyone say all of us. All of us then reflect the glory of the Lord with uncovered faces. And that same glory coming from the Lord who is the Spirit transforms us into His likeness. In an ever greater degree of glory. That's what it means, that phrase, going from glory to glory. I heard, I've heard that phrase often growing up in the church, but this is what it means. It means I, I look a certain way, but when His Spirit works in me and through me, I am changed from this glory, my glory. To a different glory. The element of change is what I really felt to talk about tonight. Um, as I stated, my walk has, has to bring about change. My walk with the Lord. I was reminded of this uh, time. I actually asked Brother Timothy to put uh, a slide on the screen because I saw this and at the, 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 the season of my life that I was in about four years ago, um, I actually saw this at my work. And without making this too complicated... The, uh, my, my work um, company that I was with was doing, a, uh, this was a big international company and they were merging with another big international company and it brought about a lot of change to everyone that was there. And um, through that process of change and the team that I was a part of, uh, our leader sat us all down and said, we're going to talk a little bit about this idea of the change curve. And we're going to find out where you are in the process. 
of the change curve. And the timing of this, the significance of the timing of this, to me was, I was going through some things outside of work uh, that were very impactful to me and to my family, and just everything that we had been living up to that point was being um, uh, turned upside down. And it was a change. It was a major change. The work stuff was, was no big deal to me. I mean, I was just happy to have the job and be able to go to work, and, and I would do my best every day, and, and I'm fine with that. So, but, but what I was going through in my personal life uh, came out in the meeting there with my employees, with, with my coworkers. Um, so, Brother Timothy, if you can put that, that slide up there, if we can get it to stay, I want to explain to you um, where, where I fell on the curve. So, just look at the colored letters there for a second, okay? The first one is denial. Then you go down to anger, then you go to exploring, and then you ultimately get to acceptance, I was in a meeting with about five or six people, and uh, they had this, just the, the curve line, and they gave us a sticky note with our name on it, and we were to go over to the, to the board and, and put our name where we felt like we were in the, in the process. And the first one goes, and they're in acceptance. I mean, we've only, maybe a month or so into this process of change at work. But uh, they were at acceptance. The next one goes, they're at acceptance. The next one goes, I think they were maybe at exploring. I go up there fully confident in what I was feeling, and I slap my name on denial. And everyone in the room chuckled just like that. But I did it almost without realizing what, was, what I was feeling inside but because the, I had not processed the change or I because I was struggling to process the change that I was going through in my personal life boom it just went up there and I went and sat down and they just looked at me like do you want to is there anything you feel like you need to share here uh is there a reason? Are we doing something? Is there something we can do for you to, to help work you along the curve? And that's when it hit me. Oh, no, I actually just put that there because this is just the state that I feel like my life is in right now. Because of things that were going on uh, with church and with family and all those things outside of work. But I brought them in to work with me. Boom, there was Caleb on denial. Everybody else is further along. And um, I think it was so comical to them that they left it up there for like weeks. And they'd come along, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm okay. You want us to move your name? No, that was my choice. It was the truth. I was, I was being honest. And um, so, so I was, 
and it hit me, why was I in denial? Honestly, I think it was just because I wasn't ready to go any further. I mean, if I stopped and thought about it, yeah, I probably could have slid down to anger, stayed there a while. And the change, all the changes that were taking place, but it was just, I mean, it, it was just one thing after another, boom, boom. And this major event would happen. And then this major event would happen, all impacting myself, my wife, our children, my extended family, my church family. And, and I'm telling you, week after week, we didn't know what was going to happen next. See, we had this uh, security, this place of secure, security that we thought was in the church. If I can just be honest and candid for a little bit, we had everything that our life was anchored to was in and around and revolving in that church. And then there was turmoil in the church. Once the turmoil in the church began, it was just like an earthquake, and there's no solid foundation here. I don't know if I'm, I mean, tomorrow are we going to be doing this? Tomorrow, the next day, is it going to be like that? And what about that, you know, lifelong friend of mine that I've had? And we've been through all these things together, and now it feels like he's way over there, and she's way over there, and we're over here. How, how did we get to this point? <laughs> and then I'm in a work meeting, and it just comes out. I'm in denial about all of this. I don't mind the company, and I, but, but this is just a reflection of what, where I am right now as a person. My, my nature as a, as a human, uh, what, I, what I get told often is that I'm very calm. I'm a very calm person. I don't really have too many great displays of emotion um, too often. And that's just kind of across the board, where, whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, but that, that type of person and that type of personality, you would immediately just place them over on the smooth sailing side of the curve. They're, they, they're good, so they must just accept this. They don't, we don't ever see, I mean, yeah, this person over here, we, every single thought they have, you hear it, and you know it, and, and, and so you can just, you know exactly where they are and what they're going through, and then there's other individuals that you just, because of what looks like a lack of any chaos, you assume they've worked through all these things. They're at a place of acceptance. They're at, if you notice on that, on that chart, the, the arrow that's going to the right at the bottom, it says it's time. So as time moves on, the idea is that you should be able to work through these different stages. And then the arrow at the top that's going up, I think it says is your confidence and your morale and your effectiveness. Now, that, this is a... Uh, I don't know that that's in the Bible, okay? We're talking about just our human make makeup for a minute, okay? But my person, because I know that, 
there is supposed to be change in my walk with God. And I know that if I just look around me, the circumstances of my life, my family, our church, it's not going to stay the same. As a matter of fact, the situation that I was describing earlier is a byproduct of a misconception that nothing ever needs to change. This is just great. It's perfect. It's wonderful. And I just want it to be like this forever. I don't know that that's in the Bible either. Brother John Stone? Yeah. Certainly. No. No, I certainly do not. I do not think they were being, my coworkers were being honest. I think they saw the boss in the room and thought, well, what does the boss want me to say right now? And if I'm being completely honest, how many times would that maybe be my thought too? But see, I had worked to a, to a degree of shifting outside of my normal mindset. Everything wasn't okay. Everything wasn't smooth sailing. <laughs> and so I thought I took that as my opportunity to be honest. It says at the bottom looking to the past and looking to the future. The, the time element there, and, and again, this is kind of just a universal thing that we're talking about, so you apply it as, as you can to whatever situation. But the, the time element could be a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years, whatever your situation is that fits this. But the, the um, perspective there is, where are you focused? Are you focused on the past? how things used to be, and probably how you would like things to have remained, or are you looking to the future? Because if you are looking to the past, you can see the areas that you're going to stay in, an area of denial, an area of anger. Now I'm going to apply this to my walk with God for just a minute. I'm 33 years old, 34 years old, somewhere in there. And... I've been basically a Pentecostal my whole life. I was born, my parents were in a Pentecostal church. They raised me as such. And I, I Bible quiz, knew the scriptures, committed them to memory, learned all these things, went to church every week, went to youth Bible studies and prayer meetings. and I heard all this stuff. That was, that was the environment that I was raised in. But that does not mean that's who I was. That's just the environment that I was raised in. It's just as easy to be in the church building and be of the world as it is to be outside of the church building and be of the world. Because all this is is a building. What it is, is what's in here has to get in here. And as such, then I begin to change. 
Why don't we pray for just a moment? Lord, I feel your presence in this room right now. Lord, I'm thankful for all that you've done for each person that's in this room. God, you know the walks that we've come from, the backgrounds that we've come from. You know the cares and the issues, Lord Jesus, that we're all facing. God, I'm thankful for your grace and for your mercy that you've extended to each one of us. Even this night, God, your grace and your mercy is on display through each of our lives. We're thankful for that, Lord Jesus. We're thankful for that, Lord Jesus. You can take that slide down there, Brother Timothy. Think about the the children of Israel for just a moment. They were in a a slave um, state of being. They were enslaved in Egypt. That was their life. That was their reality. That was their environment. The Lord tells Moses, I have heard the cries of my people. So that gives us enough insight to know that they weren't all just happy about being enslaved. They were crying for deliverance. Right? We agree they were crying for deliverance. They wanted out of that predicament. So the Lord tells Moses, I've heard the cries of my people. I'm going to deliver them. I'm going to use you to do it. We're going we're gonna to walk through a, a period of transition. Moses, you and me and my people, we're going to go through a period of transition, a change. They don't want to stay there, and I don't want them to stay there. I have a place that I've prepared for them. So he sends Moses. He goes through the whole scenario with Pharaoh until the children of Israel are finally delivered. Day one, as they are leaving Egypt, it says that this was a day unlike any other for them. All of a sudden, that day they woke up and knew we are en route to a change. There's always, I would say there's always an element of excitement and and. Um, even fun when we think change. Oh, we're going to redecorate the living room. All right, I can't wait to see what it looks like. Well, first you've got to move this couch. Ah. You see how quickly we shifted from one degree to the other. I was happy, and now I've got to do work. You're going to be free, Israelites. No more slavery. All you got to do is head that direction. Literally, just start walking there. Woohoo! Let's go. Time for a change. Day one, they are walking and they get to the Red Sea. Ah, I thought this change was going to be fun. I thought this change was going to be exciting. All I realize is now it's bedtime and I have no bed. 
Instead, we have an ocean and an enemy chasing us. This is not the change that I signed up for. And we know this, as you read through that story, the Lord does miracle after miracle and continues to lead them. And it is a progressive walk with the Lord. But there, I think there is no greater insight to the human condition, I guess if I can call it that, than the story of the children of Israel. Because over the span of 40 years... This is their walk with God. You get down here, you're crying for deliverance again. Deliverance comes and you get up here. This is awesome. This is the best. I don't ever want it to change. They, did you know they, want, they told Moses, we want to set up camp right here at this mountain. Because we came through the Red Sea. We don't know where we're going. We don't know how much further this quote-unquote promised land is. But we know we got here, and this is a comfortable spot. There are trees here. There is water here. There is enough to sustain our lives here. Let's stay here. you think the Lord will be kind enough to just take them through one change, right? No, I have a place for you, and this is not it. So here comes change again. Keep walking. I don't know how often we get to a place where we finally convince ourselves. We finally reach a place of acceptance with the thing that God just took me through and I'm thinking, okay, I finally made it. I finally passed the test. I, I accept this change. I'm good with this. Newsflash, if he doesn't take you home right then, wait for the next change. You still got to walk with him. Think about that, that curve one more time. And think about Jesus in the garden. He had lived his life up to that point. The 30 plus years. Knowing he was headed to that point. And then it comes time for him to go through that change. From this state of being to this. I believe you could see all the elements of that change curve right there in his time in the garden. The first one, denial. Lord, if it's possible, Father, I don't want to do this. It's, my, it's the last thing on my list to have to go through this. I talked, I talked about this the last Sunday when I, when I spoke here. He knew that was his plan. That was the decision made ahead of time. It says he was exceeding sorrowful. 
That's the Jesus that I can relate with. Exceeding sorrowful. We think Jesus as, as this, man, he never struggled. He never had a bad day. He, he, was, he was perfect. But the Bible says he was at all points tempted like as we are. And that he knew our infirmities. He felt the things we feel. So he's in the garden and he's praying, if it's possible, Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will. I think we just hit the key to going through a change successfully. Nevertheless, not as I will. You can, you can be faced with a, a change or a trial or a challenge early on in life. And if you never reach that point, nevertheless, not as I will. You are not going to successfully process in your mind, in your spirit, that change, that challenge, that trial, the way that you should. That is his, his method. That is his example. Not as I will, but as thou wilt. He's changed from glory to glory. I read this that, that Sunday as well when, when he's praying to God and the, the Father and he says, Father, glorify thy name. Remember that? And he hears a voice, they hear the voice that says, I have already glorified my name. And I will do it again. He, if, you, if you let the Lord, if you will allow him, he will prove to you who he is. He will prove to you his purpose for your life. If you allow him to. Now the challenge is, I, I, if I have that mindset and I think, well, I'm just going to approach him every time I can and think, I'm not doing anything until you prove it. You're going to have a hard time. The scripture says he is faithful. He which begun a good work in you. He's going to do it. He's going to finish it. That's scripture. That's truth. I'm just being honest with you. Our, our mentality sometimes is, I don't think this is a good work. Scripture says, he which has begun a, a good work. And then we just start to be the judge. That's good. That's not so good. That's good. 
That's not. Because in our mind, we're jumping ahead to what we perceive as the outcome, and we think, nope, that's not the outcome I want. That's, that can't be a good work. When he performs this in my life, where is the good in that? And we halt. Yes. Right. Right. Certainly, I believe that. Let's close our eyes and pray one more time. Lord, I surrender to you, God. I submit to you the work that you want to do in my life. Lord, this plan and this path that you have for us, for each one of us, I pray, God, that through your example, and by your grace, you would take us to the place of being able to say, Thy will be done. Thy will be done, Father. In the name of Jesus. Come on, won't you pray for just a little bit? Hallelujah. 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 Can we respond to the word tonight? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I say yes to you. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray a little bit here. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. You know every circumstance, oh God. You know every trial, oh God. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray your great grace. I pray your mercy, Jesus, upon each of us, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Come on, why don't you make this personal for a moment. For you, for your family, for your home. Jesus, I believe you have us on a path. I believe you have us, Lord. At this time, at this critical time. And it's a part of your will. It's a part of your plan. In the name of Jesus, we surrender to it, O oh God. We surrender to it, Lord Jesus. Let your kingdom come, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Why don't you sit down for just a second. Uh, Brother Blackshear, years ago, ministered a message based on this concept. He said, you need to become a part of the solution to your problem. Can I say that again? You need to become a part of the solution to your problem. In other words, in the need of, in, if I have a need of change, and obviously the whole idea of progressing in God expresses our constant need of growing, developing, progressing, is facilitated by change. Change of position, change of attitude, change of location, change. And uh, 
Early on in my life, I had become reclusive and unable to speak to people openly. All right? Now, it was so bad in school, whenever there was an oral report due, I skipped. I never gave an oral report. I was never in school that day. One quarter, I skipped 28 days. My mother didn't find out until they sent the report card home and where were you? Well, I just kind of got off the bus and hung, hung around in the woods. And, and then I'd wait for time to go home and I'd walk out of the woods and get back on the bus and go home. That's bad. That's pretty poor, isn't it? But that's the, how poor I felt about myself. And because of circumstances in life, in family, chaos, fighting, combatant, it caused me to withdraw inside of myself. Well, now here I am in my early 20s. Now I'm wanting to break out of that shell. But I don't know what to do. And I had got involved in a little business thing that I, they convinced me that if I, or actually this, I resolved, if I don't break out of this, I'll never become successful in the things that I want to become successful in. And so out of desperation, I pursued change. I became a part of the solution to my problem. Here's what I did. You remember JB's restaurant on First and Yakima Avenue? McDonald's now. JB's restaurant. I would drive down there every night. I would sit up at the counter and order a cup of coffee. Now, there were usually other people at the counter. And so I would go in and sit maybe a seat, two seats away, order a cup of coffee, Look straight ahead. I'm working up my nerve. Hey, you from around here? Uh, no, I'm a truck driver. I'm just passing through. Oh, where are you from? I'm from Alabama, and I'm, you know, and I'm hauling a load of apples. You got any family? I've got two kids, and, you know. And so, that's as far as I would take it. That was a milestone for me. And so here's what I learned. I learned there's a key to conversation. Questions. You take all the pressure off yourself when you just ask a question. Hey, what's your name? Where are you from? What kind of work do you do? And so every night I would go to JB's, get a cup of coffee, and start asking questions. And before I realized it, well, not before I realized it, it took about six months of just consistently doing this. What I realized, there was a shift. See, the focal point was all always internal with myself. And so the way that I facilitated change in asking these questions and having this conversation, it shifted by using the questions the attention off of me onto the individual. Then I realized that e there was even a shifting of my mind. See, I cared more about their situation, their life, 
than I cared about telling my own story. And so the dimension of life changes when you get outside of the center. Is this okay? Take just a few minutes here. This whole idea of change, again, you can wish for change, you can hope for change, you can expect change. God's going to bring change. But we can facilitate for our own circumstances if we become a part of the, pro- of the solution to our problem. In other words, we become a worker together with Him. We labor with Him. We cooperate. We begin to agree with Him for change. There was another part to that. Well, that's enough. Oh, no, no. I wanted to share this to you. About a month ago, three weeks or a month ago, I was over here in a meeting, one of our group meetings, and uh, was feeling very, I'd been feeling very strongly about I am insistent on seeing people healed. I've experienced instantaneous healing. I've experienced the long-term healing. I've experienced various dimensions of healing in my own life. And I know what the Word of God says. And so I have to be insistent in some situations. In other words, I'm not letting up. And I was feeling that in this service here as I began to pray for some people here. Well, it hasn't left me. And today, my wife had, I was out running some errands, and she said, would you run by Walmart and pick up a prescription for me? And so I said, okay, I'll go by there. And so I ended up, you know, getting there at a certain time. And uh, I walk up to the line. There's two elderly ladies I say elderly. I think they were older than me. And uh, so I was standing behind them, and then one was waiting on hers, and the other one had turned hers in, and she said, I'm waiting for my name to be called. And, and the other lady said, they, they don't call names. You just got to go up there. And she, anyway, she, decided, she realized she should stand behind me because I already had, was picking one up, and the other lady was, and that was fine. I was saying, you know, go ahead, trying to be polite. And anyhow. So the other lady goes, and so now it's just me and this older lady, this other lady. And I'm just facing forward, and she's behind me, and she starts to talk to me. And I can tell. She feels like she needs to tell me this situation. Just all of a sudden, she says, something happened to me last week. And... I have terrible pain, you know, from here to here. I'm in such pain, and it has not gone away. And they tell me it's my uh, discs. I said, you mean like a herniated disc? And they said, she says, yeah. I said, I had that a couple years ago. What did they do? I said, the Lord instantaneously healed me. We need to give God glory, won't don't we? Yeah, and I said, I, let me tell you what happened. And I said, a, f- a friend of mine called me, and while he was talking to me on the phone, the Lord began to heal me. I had been on the bed for uh, two months. And so, <coughs> excuse me. 
I'm sharing this testimony, and as I am, I'm feeling the anointing of God coming on me. Standing at Walmart in the prescription aisle. And I'm thinking, I didn't start this. She started this. But as I finished my testimony, and then I turned to go get my prescription, I'm thinking, man, I'm feeling the anointing of God, and why didn't I pray for her? And so... I'm thinking, hurry, hurry, let's get this transaction over with. Because I'm going to turn around, and if she's there, I'm going to pray for her. So she was, and I said, let me pray for you. And so we took hands and began to pray. And I'm thinking to myself, things have changed. Yeah. <laughs> over the years. The kid that used to skip school because he couldn't give an oral report is standing in a Walmart raising his voice. Now, listen, I didn't do the whole thing, you know, hey, this is where I go to church. Here's my name. I didn't. I thought this is all in the hands of God. I don't know where, whether I will ever know. But here's what I know. Something prompted her to tell me that. Right. This is where I want to live. I want to live here. In this dimension. And whatever the changes are that God has to bring in my life. To bring me from a a place of recluse. Not to somebody just outspoken everywhere they go. But that I can walk and, and yield in a moment of time. For whatever it is that God would prepare. For our participation Here's what I'm going to tell you. It's been a road. It's been a path. And it's been a lot of uncomfortable situations that brought change for me. It didn't come out of a book. It didn't come out of a program. But all I know is trying to walk with him, yield to him. All right, I know I've kept you a long time. i got to share one more thing here. If just a minute. It'll, it'll only take a moment. All right. It'll, it'll only take a moment. How many times in Scripture, especially in the book of Acts, did God bring one individual to another individual to bring them further along? Many times. Just read over and over. Read it. I've been in the church for more than 15 years. How long have you been in the church? Long time. Okay. And there were there was the idea of what I wanted to be in him. I would hear powerful messages and, and ministry that would paint such a vivid picture of a place in God that I could only dream about. I'm just talking about being in him. But it seemed like they were distant for me. I read the book of Acts and have frustration because I think, man, this is all so powerful. But where's this in my life? And it wasn't until God connected me with a man chosen of him. And And I'll tell you how I know this. Because the day I met him in another city in Peoria, Illinois. At a little church, in a little meeting, 
He said, I have had your name written on a piece of paper on my desk for two years. So somebody had spoke my names and he felt that he, he wrote it down and just stuck it on his desk. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? What, what does that mean? But he and I became friends. We began to travel together and minister together. And he ministered prayer. I don't mean he talked about prayer. I don't mean he, he, he just preached about prayer. I mean he ministered prayer. His life was so invaded with prayer that wherever he would go and begin to communicate the expression of God through his spirit, I watched congregations come under a spirit of prayer. Several places around the world, England, Singapore, it didn't matter. Wherever he went and ministered, he ministered prayer. Well, you can't hang out with that and get affect, not get affected by it. Well, here's what I knew. Oh, I'd go to the prayer room before a service. Come on, everybody does that. And I would spasmodically going down the road at times. I would have times with him in prayer and weeping before God and have wonderful deep experiences, but there was not anything consistent for me. And so one, one of my trips, I came home and I decided, I'm not telling anybody about this. I'm not inviting anybody to it. I am going to go to the church myself every morning. I'm going to start my day an hour earlier. If I can't seem to get this done in my day, I'm going to start my day earlier. I was tired of 10 o'clock at night getting down, you know, beside the couch and saying, Dear God, I'm sorry. I've been meaning to get here all day. There's just no time. We're busy doing the work of God. No time to spend with him. Anyhow, I just made a personal commitment between me and the Lord. I don't even know if I committed to him. I didn't want to cheat him if I didn't do it, so I think I just committed to myself. But anyway, that became a catalyst for change. It wasn't the, per the pursuit of change. It was the result of change. In other words, that daily communion with God that did become daily, and then it became monthly, then it became yearly, and went on for years. Now, it's changed since then. It's, it's a different dynamic. Okay? But I'm just telling you, in His kingdom, change is imminent. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You've got, to commune, you've got to commune in the Spirit with God. Can we pray for you, sister, right now? Would you mind? No. Come on. No. In, the name of Jesus. in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. By the authority of your word, yes, by the power of your name, Jesus. Jesus.
Hikata yolo romando. Hila matu ye ye. Hikuta. Yes, Lord. Hila maluri asiando. Hila kuluri atahashoma. Ne yoloriando. Ne yoluri alamataha. Jesus name. Jesus. 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 Jesus, you're almighty. You're all powerful. Leland, why don't you stand right now? Come on. In the name of Jesus, raise your hands, Leland. The vessel, oh God, that you call me to be. Let me stand yielded to you, Father. Let me stand yielded to you, my Father. Come on, you got to open up. You got to open up. Come on, speak it out. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, the call's not changed. It's not changed. Come on, that's it. Yes, yes, yes. Icatayala Romando. Ila Toyolo Romasito. Come on, Icatayamando. Ushamataya. Icataya. Be loose. Icata, be loose. In the name of Jesus, Kayo Telehetu, Kaya Taya La Roma, Ishama, Ishamaya, Ishamaya, Ikataya La Roma, no Yosu, Ila Taya La Roma, Suye. Come on, this is the real deal. In the name of Jesus. 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 Come on, turn your focus up here. Hallelujah. This is between you and Him. You and Him. Come on, we, we become lethargic in just coming to church services. You've got to find a place of deep communion with Him and become alive unto Him. Alive unto Him. Come on. How was it that Paul came to the place and said, It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that liveth within me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Kumaluriatahashoma. Ha. He'll be okay. He's been down this road before. We're thankful to you. Let's just express some thanks to, to God right now, could we? Father, we are thankful to you. And we are hungry for you. 
We are hungry for the move of God in our lives. We are thirsting for your righteousness, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We accept change, Father. We wait upon you for your leading, oh God. Let it come. Let it come, Father. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. These are things that you have to want. I remember some years ago, it was, I got to get to this next meeting, next conference, next. God's saying, I'm right here all the time. <laughs> you can talk to me in your house. You can talk to me on your job. You can talk to me wherever you're at. But deep calleth unto deep. God calls us. He's calling, but are we hearing? Are we listening? Are we yielding? Are we allowing that change that he's trying to bring. You've heard me say this before. He's trying to answer your prayer. Because yes. you pray, God, take me deeper. You prayed, I want more, God. I, I want that ministry. And God said, okay. Okay. Get up and pray. But God, it's four in the morning. I'm trying to answer your prayer. I want you to pray for that guy. He won't let me pray for him. I'm trying to answer your prayer. See what I'm saying? He answers prayer. Maybe not how you think. And that element of faith that you've got to have in prayer. Okay, Lord, I'm going to lay hands on him. What, what would happen if this was the norm? That we walked into Walmart. We walked into a restaurant, wherever we met, went, that God said, okay, I want you to pray for that person. It wouldn't be the extraordinary. I would never want it to lose its wow. You know what I'm saying? But it ought to be, I'm expecting. I'm looking for this. God, if you just want me to go in and leave, then fine. But if you have someone in here that you're going to want me to pray for, and minister to, and God, I want to be available to that. I'm convinced we try to make living for God harder than it is. We really do. We think, I, I, I'm going to witness to you, but I'll be back in 40 days. I've got to pray and fast 40 days, 40 nights, and I'll be back. God, could you just talk to him right now? Could you just lay hands on him right now? Do you have enough faith that, that I'm going to do a work? Let's make a commitment between you and God tonight. This has nothing to do with anybody else. God, I, I, I'm going to commit to that place of prayer. Because you're not going to get where these men are talking about without it. You're not, you can hope and dream all you want, but if you want reality, then that change of my prayer life has to come. See what I'm saying? 
that I want it more than I want food. I want it more than I want recreation. I want it more than I want the things of this world. I want this. Therefore, I'm going to push that away, and I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to have time with me. Could we pray that? To your faith, man, it's got to grab a hold of those verses and realize that this is what God's wanting to do. Uh, there's too much reliance upon inside four walls for ministry. Way too much. Something has to change. And I wrote it down. Lord, why are you telling me this? And then he started talking about it. Wow. <laughs> Something has to change. My question is this, though. How come we fight change so much? The very thing I need in my life, the very thing I'm praying for in my life, I seem to fight against that versus saying, thank you, Lord. This is the change. Yeah, it's new territory. Yeah, it's different where maybe I was quiet and reclusive and now I'm learning to walk out of that. Or, or, or I'm nervous about laying hands on somebody, but this is God. I feel God. You know God talked to you. You know how he talked to you. And I've got to say, okay, God, I'm going to pray for him. No matter what happens, I'm going to be obedient to what you're asking me to do. Last night, Nigger Management, a couple came there and and, and Brother Martin said, they were looking for you last week. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, let's see what they want. Well, they came and they said, we need help. We don't need to be at anger management, but we need help. Would you help me? I said, sure. And we sit down. And we talk for an hour and pray. I'm going to meet with them every Monday night there. I'm going to try to win them to God. God sent them. Come on, God sends people to you too. Come on, God puts people in your path on different situations. You've got to recognize this is a God moment. God's doing something, and he wants these people saved, and he's using this venue to get them in front of me where I can begin to minister. Make sense? See, again, it's there. Brother Troy and I were out in front of the courthouse today, and a woman started breaking down and crying and, and just the power of God. See, God's working everywhere we're at. He's wanting to minister and to touch. I love it. I want it. I crave it. I desire it. I have never wanted to be an ordinary Christian. I don't like ordinary church. That, that's where it's predictable. We come sing three songs, take the offering. Somebody preaches, we go, I hate that. God, just mix it up. Change it. You know, surprise us. Do something different. Shake us. Turn us upside down. You see what I'm saying? That he's still in control of all that he's wanting to do. We are sons of God. We're not in charge. My heavenly father is in charge, and he's trying to teach me. Will you let him teach you? God is trying to take some of you to some tremendous places of ministry. It really is. But you're going to have to let the change come to get to that place. Has to. Has to. Nothing's accidental. These men here tonight, there's just no accident what, what happened here. I'll bet you'll be wondering what next Tuesday you'll hold. <laughs> Better come expecting. You never know who will be here. Let's pray.
Let's ask God to help us with these changes. Now, you can't do it on your own. Or you'd have done it a long, long, long time ago. Why don't you ask him, God, help me. I know the changes you're trying to make in my life. God, I, I struggle with prayer, but God, help me, Lord. Give me a renewed strength. Give me a renewed desire for these things, God, uh, that I spend time with you, that I would walk with you, God. Not just a time in the morning or a time in the evening, but I'm talking about where you could talk to God all through the day. He's part of your life wherever you go. He's in your thoughts. He's in your spirit. And, and you, there is ministry that can take place, just, even if it's between you and him for a while, till that, that we're somewhere it's going to turn outward though and it's going to start ministering to other people other situations because I've been willing to spend time with him be in his presence allow his anointing to come into my life because I spent time with him and he could talk to me and he could put people in my path Lord we need your help tonight God we're hungry for the move of God we want to get to that next place God and help us with the change that has to come God to get me there in my life you may have to change who you're hanging out with. You may have to change your attitude. You may have to change things like, God, I'm sorry for not doing what you're asking me to do. Live how you're asking me to live. And I repent of that, God. And I pray, help me make that change that I can get to this place we're talking about tonight. What we're feeling in this place. What we're seeing in this place, God. Changes of all kinds, God. But help us with those changes. They're necessary in my life. I've got to have them, Lord. And help me with them, Lord. Help me with them, Lord, that we can get to that place in you, God. And we thank you for it. We thank you for it. Come on, somebody start thanking the Lord for what he's about to do, how he's going to work in your life, the places he's going to take you because you're willing to commit to that place of, of, of intercession with him and fellowship with him. Lord, I thank you tonight, God, that you see in me what I haven't seen in myself, God. I thank you, Lord, tonight that you're going to take me places because of commitment and dedication to spend time with you and fellowship with you, Lord God. Help me, I pray tonight. I can't do this on my own, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I pray, God, help me begin in the morning, Lord God, and set this in place. If you're here tonight and you struggle with prayer, I'm going to encourage you set the same time every day. I don't care what, uh, you set that time every day. This is my time in prayer. You know why some of us pray early in the morning? There's a lot of reasons. Phone don't ring usually early in the morning. No interruptions early in the morning. No, things come. I've got that time with the Lord. See what I'm saying? And he talked about, you know, seeking him early in the morning and, and spending that time. And again, it, it, it's change, isn't it? I used to, when I came, God always prayed in the evenings. I don't pray, well, I can't say I don't pray in the evenings, but, but my main prayer is in the morning. When I get up and read my Bible and study and pray uh, before anybody else is up in the house. But it was a change that the Lord led me to. Let him lead you. Let him take you where he's trying to take you. He's got a plan. And he'll take you there. I want to pray tonight for Brother Mike Box. But I also want to pray for Tommy, uh, Brother Manuel's brother's in the hospital, and uh, he's uh, give permission for me to go pray with him tomorrow, visit with him, and uh, we're excited about that because they've been working on getting him to church, and uh, 
a new birth experience and all that it takes. Let's pray for Tommy tonight that God would do something special in that hospital uh, in his life that opens him up to the things of God, his wife and and his children. Uh, I believe that God has Brother Manuel here for a purpose. He's not just here spending time with family, but ministry has got to take place through all that's taken place here. Lord, we come to you tonight in the name of Jesus. We pray tonight that, Lord, you'd touch Tommy in the name of Jesus. Touch him in that hospital room, Lord God. I pray talk to him. You've got him laying flat on his back, God. He can't get up. He can't run. He can't go. He's right where you've got him, Lord, right where you want him right now at this time and this hour and this juncture in his life, Lord. I pray, God, that the Spirit of God will work and to move in the name of Jesus. Bless Brother Manuel and his wife as they would minister to him. Lord, I pray for the favor of God on my life when I walk in that room tomorrow, that, God, there would be an anointing of the Holy ghost and fire God that the spirit of God would work and move and touch as only you can Lord God and minister as only you can Father I pray for brother Mike Box tonight that you would reach down and touch him with continued healing God I don't know what the problem is God but they're telling us that the cancer's not growing and it's stayed for a long time so I pray God whatever's causing these problems Lord you would heal that also you would take care of that also in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus. And we thank you for all that you're doing tonight. All that you're doing tonight. In the wonderful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Ask the Lord to put somebody in your path to invite to church. Uh, And let's just see what the Lord will do on Sunday. Brother Caleb Flowers will be preaching Sunday morning. So uh, come, let's come, have faith and pray. We'll be here Saturday night for prayer. So come, join us and be a part of that. Just praying that God would work and move and minister and have his freedom and liberty uh, in these services. Amen? Amen. Amen. Shake hands with someone. Let them know it's good to be in the house of God.